If you have ever felt broken, if you have ever felt hopeless or helpless, if you feel lost, if you feel like there's no sense in living, if you feel like there's no purpose to your life, if you, if you feel that no matter what you do, there's something missing and you just quite can't get it, if that's you, then welcome. You're at the right place because today I'm going to explain to you exactly how to fix that feeling and live an awesome life. to hear may seem a little bit metaphysical to you, a little bit mystical perhaps, but it is something that I have helped thousands of people achieve. And it is also something that people have been describing over millennia. There's sacred texts, there's philosophy, there, there's all kinds of information that we have received from previous generations indicating that this works. Not only have I seen this in the lives of many, many people I've worked with, also in the lives of people around me that I did not work with, also in my own life, but there's plenty of evidence that what you are about to hear is quite true or quite useful. Now, it is a little dense, so you may want to hear this message a couple of times so we can parse this out and digest it so that you can, you can begin to make good use of it. All right, so let's talk about what we all do when we don't feel good with ourselves, with our lives. You know, it's a natural instinct to want to change our circumstances, right? In other words, if, if, if we're not happy here, the idea, the, 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 the nomadic idea, this, the, what, is, what is written in the code of our, of our evolutionary existence is, if I'm not comfortable or happy here, let me move elsewhere. The nomadic idea of moving elsewhere translates today into, let me change my circumstances. Maybe I cannot move to a different country, to a different city, but maybe I can buy a new car. Maybe I can change my house. Maybe I can wear different clothes. There's nothing wrong with any of those moves. But what we discover is that once we effect the move or the change, and um, after a few weeks or days and we get used to that new normal, let's say, everything goes back to the way it was. And this is why you end up in situations where you see people telling you that they've tried everything, but nothing works. They try a new therapy. They try a new lifestyle. They try a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend. They try all kinds of things and eventually discover that, quote unquote, nothing works. And so 
these are the sorts of people that I've worked with most of my life at the office. And if you talk to that person and you ask, okay, when you say that nothing works, it means that you have in mind a particular result, you know, and whatever it is that you have done in an attempt to achieve that result has not produced it. That's what you mean by it didn't work, right? So the first thing that we need to start with is a definition of your purpose, of your end result. When you say it didn't work, what is it that you want to achieve? And people say, well, come on, you know, you know what I mean? Well, what do you mean? Well, I want to be happy. I want to feel alive. I want to feel the light, that my life matters, that my life is worth living, that I live an awesome life. And I understand that because obviously I want the same thing. And I think everybody wants the same thing, right? That's what we want. The question is how to get it. So the first thing that we discover is that changing outside circumstances doesn't quite do the trick. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't change outside circumstances? If, um, if the windows are dirty, should I not clean the windows? If the, if, the, if the bills are not paid, should I not pay the bills? That's, out, after all, an outside situation, right? Should I not get a job to pay the bills? Should I not clean the windows? That kind of thing. Should I not change the outside circumstances? And clearly, we cannot take this view to an extreme position. Of course, we have to change a few outside circumstances because in some cases, the circumstances themselves are toxic. But the point is that changing outside circumstances only doesn't get us the result that we want. And insisting on the changing of outside circumstances as a methodology to achieve an awesome life eventually gets us to burn out because we become like the person who comes to the office and says, I've tried everything nothing works. What they mean is they've already changed everything they could think of changing or they could change and they still don't feel what they call happiness or alive or that their lives matter. Okay, so one of the things that we learn is that we need to make an inner journey, an inner change. So let me tell you a quick story. I have heard of this story in multiple contexts over the years. I don't know who came up with it originally, so I cannot um, I cannot um, quote the author. I don't know who, where it came from. I've heard it from multiple people. It's an old story. And the version of the story that I like the best is that of a traveler who's, um, who's up on some mountain and he looks down into the valley and sees people at work, a job site. So he approaches the job site and interviews the first man he finds. And he asks the man, what are you doing? And he says, what do you mean what I'm doing? I'm breaking my hands, breaking my back. Don't you see me full of dust? I'm here, you know, destroying myself in this god-awful place. You know, don't bother me anymore. So he says, I'm sorry. Goes to the second man and says, what are, what are you doing? And the man says, well, I'm a stonemason. I cut stones. You know, this is what I do. Look at the stone over here. See how it's cut this way, that way. This is what we do. We cut stone here. So he goes to the third man and says, what do you do? And he says, we are building a cathedral. This cathedral is going to last for thousands of years and people are going to come here from all over the world. People are going to find God. They're going to find themselves in this cathedral. What we do here really matters. And so the traveler thanks the third man and walks away and from the peak of another mountain looks down and realizes that not only those three workers but also everyone else there is doing exactly 
the same thing. But as you can tell in the story, not everybody is having the same experience. So as you can tell in our lives, you know, and you say, well, um, we're all cutting stone in one way or another. We're all building cathedrals or we're all breaking our banks, but we're all doing the same thing. We all have to go to sleep. We all have to wake up. We all need to go to the bathroom, eat something, um, go to work or work from home. And no matter what you do, you have your work to do. Even if you're retired, you have the work of living. You have to feed yourself, bathe yourself, whatever. That might be your job, right? Or maybe you are a police officer. Maybe you're an accountant. But in other words, you have an activity that you do. And that's your work, let's say. You have to find a way to feed yourself somehow. But in a sense, you know, from a, from a very... From a high mountain point of view, right, we're all kind of doing the same thing, going through the motions. One of the things that I love in Brent is, is about flying somewhere is that when you're approaching your destination or, your, or, you know, when you're approaching somewhere and the plane begins to the process of descending and you, and you look at the city, uh, particularly at night, I don't know why, you know, and you see all the lights and everything, you know, and you see all the activity going on down there. And from, I don't know, 10, 20, 30,000 feet up, you know, it almost looks so peaceful, right? You don't hear what the people are doing. You don't know about their struggles. But down there, in the, in the crevices of, of a city, in the, in the alleys, in the, in the dark bedrooms of the depressed person, in the hospital bed of the afflicted, you know, there's so much going on. There are babies being born at that instant. There are people dying at that instant, you know, from up there. It all looks so interesting, just all these lights and little cars moving around, and you know, we can't quite see what's going on. And that's the experience that the traveler had, looking back at the job site. They're all kind of harmoniously going about their day. So the true journey that we have to effect, the true transformation is internal. We go from the perspective of breaking our backs to the perspective of building a cathedral. Metaphorically speaking, this has nothing to do with the symbology, the religious symbology of what a cathedral is. It's just the experience that changes completely. And the question is, how do we do that? Well, that experience has to do with the connection with the, the self or the higher self. Let's think about this for a second. We all have something that we can call a heart, we can call conscience, or the God of our hearts, or a soul, however you want to call that. Without that thing, whatever you call that thing, but without that thing, you and I are not very different. We are biological robots. We may look a little different, but we kind of function the same way. We have very similar needs. If you remove the soul, then you have a body. And as far as the body is concerned, we have needs for nutrition, water, oxygen, that kind of thing. We're not that different. What makes us unique and special and what accounts for the experience that we have here is our conscience. And so it is the connection between the biological entity, you and I as physical beings, with that divine entity that we could call the heart or the God of our hearts or our conscience or our soul. It is that connection which allows me to live a fuller life. When that connection breaks, we feel like life is not worth living and we feel like um, 
we feel like an automaton in some way, a zombie. We feel like a robot in some way. We may feel depressed, anger, anger, angry, or deranged, or whatever the manifestation might be, but that's a consequence of a much more profound breakage within ourselves. Incidentally, in previous videos, I talk about the concept of a broken heart. And actually, sometimes I try to explain in a very superficial way, actually, the heart itself, I don't mean the, the biological heart in the chest, I mean the metaphorical heart, the soul, that never breaks. But what does break is the connection between those two entities, the divine and the physical entity. And when that connection breaks, the the physical self, you and I as a person on this earth, becomes diminished because the source of life is not oxygen and food. The source of life is the, that divinity within ourselves. In other words, you can take a person who's dying and you can give them oxygen, food and water and they won't, you know, it won't work, right? In other words, what causes us to die isn't lack of food. I mean, I know some people starve to death, whatever, but I'm not talking about that. In other words, the process of dying is really a disconnection between those two things. So, we sometimes disconnect or unplug from the soul because it hurts. Listen, when you touch a hot plate, there's an involuntary response to remove your hand from the plate. It's involuntary. It's unconscious. You just do it. And sometimes when there is something very painful that we cannot deal with, the part of us that came here to experience a physical life kind of withdraws. Withdraws. And then we have left the part of us that is physical, but that part of us experiences life in a meaningless way. We have to reconnect with that divinity. And the question is how to do that. Because if we can do that, I think, I think that by now you can see value in that reconnection, you can also see how that connection, if you if you have been feeling helpless, hopeless, depressed, perhaps, if you have been feeling those kinds of things, you can see how the connection is not there. Because if you look at most children, they're quite content, right, for the most part. And um, I, I've been to the hospital to work, you know, in the children's hospital here in Miami and work with a children who are in some really difficult situations. They were born with cancer of all types, you know, and if you know, and, and what you see there is an interesting thing. You know, these children, even though they're having a very difficult experience, they're having a great time. To them, it's all a game for the most part. And it's really interesting how that innocence allows them to live the experience of building a cathedral, even though they're in a hospital and in some ways very limited physically. So there's something about that innocence that you see in a child that we begin to lack as an adult. And it is possible to rekindle the connection with the divine self. So over the years, you know, I've struggled with an explanation as to what it is that I help people do. And we always resort to a, to a definition of the profession. Well, I'm a therapist, I'm a hypnotist, I'm a coach, you know. Uh, and people think that they necessarily understand what those terms mean. But what is it that you do if you're, if you're somebody like me? Well, we help people go from the experience of breaking your back to the experience of building a cathedral to follow the metaphor a little bit along. And when you change your inner experience, you begin to change your outside circumstances as well. And there's an additional benefit, which is 
that whatever you build out of that love, out of that connection in your heart, lasts. It's beautiful. It flourishes. Whatever we build out of pain and revenge, and I'll show you, you know, I got hurt, but I'm going to be successful. Whatever we do under those conditions only lead us to further losses. It's like a castle in the sand that eventually gets washed away by the tides. So we need to reconnect with ourselves, with our divinity. But, you know, and people always say, well, okay, so how do I do that? Okay, do that for me then. It's it's not quite like that. But the first step in the process, and if you get into this message and see the value in it, you've already taken the most important step and you see the value of that connection. Because the moment that you see the value in the connection with your higher self, you're also acknowledging the existence, the veracity, the power of that connection, and therefore the existence of that entity that is you, the higher self. So now you're seeking a connection with it. But the first step in in connecting with it is acknowledging its its existence and then desire a connection. The rest is, to quote the Buddhists, right, the path, the way. We can do this. We can work on this. There are different ways. One of the first things that we do is begin to remove some blocks to that connection. And there are many types of blocks, pain, distraction, uh, illness, you know, all kinds of things. We begin to remove those things so that the connection becomes more and more likely. And then there are certain exercises um, related to meditation that we can do to actually make the connection. But that connection that you can make in a deep state of meditation fizzles as we go through our daily lives because we begin to focus our attention on the outside circumstances, right? So then we connect again. And then that connection lasts a little bit longer, but eventually fizzles. Then we connect again. This time it lasts a little bit longer, and eventually it becomes the norm. So this would be analogous to, let's say, if you have orthodontia, you know, like braces in your teeth, and you essentially what the braces do is they push the tooth, and what that does is it causes bone remodeling in the jaw, and the tooth begins to move, literally, right? Well, if you push it for a little while, the, the tooth might move, but eventually it slides back. And if you push it again, you know, over the course of some time, it's going to move again. But if you keep on pushing, 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 eventually the tooth will move and stay there. So this is just a metaphor, just an analogy. But what, what you find is that people initially cannot feel the connection, no matter what exercise we do. They can go into a temple, they can go into the hypnotist, you know, so... In hypnosis, sometimes a person enters a state of such deep hypnosis that they think they fell asleep, but they felt a connection. But consciously, they have no recollection of it. They say, no, I think I fell asleep. And yet for a moment, the hypnotist saw they were completely illuminated. That's because the physical part of us, the the physical entity, the self, the person, isn't ready somehow to live that experience. And so... We keep on removing blocks, we keep on solving problems, we keep on simplifying our lives, and we keep on reconnecting. And we do that enough times until that sense of connection not only lasts longer, well, it it begins to last longer to the degree that two points of connection actually merge. In other words, we develop a constant sense of connection. And um, this is what the mystics have called illumination. There there are so many kinds of... uh, metaphors and explanations for that experience and it's an experience that many many people live today right here and now and so can you 
And if you think about the power of what I'm describing, you can see how that would be the solution to all of our human problems. Now you tell me, yeah, but what do I do with my real problems? What do I do about the bills or this or that or my job? Well, those circumstances will change gradually and in some kind, in some cases dramatically as we begin to make this inner connection. But my point to you is this. What is the alternative that we have? Keep on making external changes without that inner connection? Has that worked for you? Has that worked for anybody? When we make an outside change without the corresponding inner connection, all you really have is a momentary experience of enthusiasm. I'll give an example. You know, I drive one car to work every day. I get a brand new car. For the first three days, it's an awesome ride to work. I don't care about the traffic. You don't care about anything. It's a brand new car, right? After a few days, we all have had this experience. After a few days, the experience of driving to work goes back to the same experience that we had before. So the only way to change the experience and therefore the quality of our lives isn't only changing the car. It is also changing something within ourselves, that connection, so that the drive to work or our lives in general can become a little bit different. So, again, we're not against changing outside circumstances. What we're saying is that your outside circumstances, when your outside circumstances, let me put it this way, become the product, the consequence of an inside connection with the divine, then everything that you build on the outside takes on a whole different sense of beauty and enjoyment. So that's what I'm um, hoping for you. That's what I'm wishing upon you. Let's work on this inner connection with your own divinity so that the life that you live is an awesome life. So there are a few details more that we can discuss, but put your comments and questions below so that we can engage in a dialogue and I'll continue articulating these ideas for you. Thank you and blessings.